Daily Premier League action and reaction. This is Football Social Daily. Hello, I'm Niall and this is Football Social Daily. We are at the midway point of the first week of the new campaign and all the talk so far has been on transfers. We'll have an update on Harry Kane's situation regarding a potential switch from Spurs to Manchester City on today's show. An update which includes one of the best players to ever play the game. Somehow, Cristiano Ronaldo's name has been thrown into the mix. Could Ronaldo return to the Premier League in what would be the most puzzling of plot twists? We'll also look at whether Rafa Benitez and Everton can keep hold of two of their major stars who appear to be angling for a move away. Plus, we discuss Tammy Abraham's relocation to Rome when there were multiple Premier League clubs after his services. All that and more on today's show in the company of Ian Brannan and Marley Anderson. Morning to you both. Good morning. Good morning. Marley, you're back for the hat-trick. Yep, still going, still going strong. Try and, get, try and shift <laughs> me off this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you're like a limpet, we can't get you off. Oh, yeah. uh, but it matters not. Good to have you with us as ever. And we're going to kick things off on today's Football Social Daily by taking a look at Everton because there's a couple of transfer murmurs which are coming out of Goodison Park. And they come from social media. Now, I'm quite reluctant on this podcast to read too much into social media because you often see these clickbaity stories that say player X has dropped transfer hint about his future. And normally it's just they've liked a tweet from a player who plays for that specific club. In this instance, though, there are two Everton players who have dropped more than a little hint. They've dropped quite a big indication as to where they may be off to next. One of those is probably Everton's marquee player, James Rodriguez, who on Twitter has posted in Spanish the official Atletico Madrid motto and an emoji that says soon. Now, we must admit this is just speculation at present. But when you're posting things like that, Ian, you have to scratch your head and think, this is a little bit more than just a coincidence. I kind of saw this coming, though, because the minute that Ancelotti disappeared, he's, uh, there were a lot of players or a few players there that clearly uh, Ancelotti had attracted. But we see that with a lot of the big managers, whoever they are. We've seen it with um, with Mourinho even this week with with Tammy Abraham. You know, the, the, if you've got if you've got uh, an affinity with a certain manager, you're going to attract players to you now when that manager leaves is it going to be the same experience for them Um, so I did think that when Ancelotti left there's going to be a bit of um, upheaval perhaps Um, so I'm not really surprised by it but I mean we've got to remember as well that you know we're uh, 12 13 days left of the the transfer window or whatever it's starting to get twitchy bum time for the agents who are maybe uh, thinking you know what I need another 10 million in the bank how am I going to do that Uh, can you just drop a couple of tweets out there stir it up see if they're interested um, and that maybe is it as well. You know, the, the, there's that kind of rock the boat slightly and then they'll wriggle out of it in some other way of, I don't know, uh, explaining what the tweet meant. But this particular tweet with uh, Rodriguez does seem to be fairly um, blatant in suggesting that uh, his intentions do lie elsewhere. Not great. Um, and if it doesn't come off, of course, uh, you're going to have that unease. There's already a bit enough unease at, um, at Goodison park with um with benitez of course he got off to a decent start um but um maybe he's uh maybe you know changes on the on the horizon maybe it is going to happen and it is it is as black and white as that but um it's it, it is crazy time though it's crazy time people rocking the boat making all sorts of rumors and seeing if something sticks you know 
You can find more on this story on James Rodriguez, by the way, on the Sport Social website. So go to sport-social.co.uk and you'll find it there on the splash page. In terms of what he actually said, Marley, the words were Nunza dejes de crea, which translates from Spanish to English as never stop believing. It is the official club motto of Atletico Madrid. And of course, James, no stranger to life in the Spanish capital. He played for Real Madrid for six years before Carlo Ancelotti brought him to the Premier League last year. When Hamas did touch down at Goodison, everyone was thinking, wow, this is a hell of a signing from Everton. How have they pulled that off? And I think Ian kind of alluded to it there. The reason they pulled it off was because Carlo Ancelotti was there. First of all, do you think Hamas has been a success at Everton or was it always going to be a short-lived thing? And secondly, with Ancelotti now gone, do you think that attraction to play at Goodison Park in front of those Evertonians has now disappeared? Yeah, for the second one, yeah, I don't think... Hammers was ever that bothered about playing for Everton. I think he was just bothered about playing because um, he'd been through a little bit of a... become a bit nomadic in his career, bouncing around clubs, never really finding a home. A bit like Coutinho, like we were saying yesterday. He's had a, he's had a rough few years. Um, wasn't really ever going to get a chance at Real Madrid. And then he goes to Everton. And on this this whole thing, I, I, I would actually say he never played for Everton. <laughs> he played for Ancelotti. And that was... He was never coming to you know sample the the atmosphere of Goodison Park he was coming to play under Ancelotti who was it look after, looked after him for most of his career really um and ironically the one time he switches and chases regular football at Everton Ancelotti leaves him and goes back to Real Madrid where he would have loved to play it all along <laughs> so this whole sort of situation's been a bit strange and a bit backwards and forwards um you know, I mean, he's not treating Everton with a massive amount of respect, but in in total, honestly, I don't really think Everton fans will be that bothered because they got him for free. Um, it's not like he's played a full season either. He spent a lot of time injured last season. Yeah, he, I think. Yeah, what is it like a calf injury every couple of weeks? It keep him out for two or three weeks, and then something else and something else, and it was just it was all very stop start. And I don't think they ever had enough of him to sort of rely on him. Although, having said that, when he was playing, he was very good. And he proved that he, he's still a, still a player there. So, I think with... I don't know what his contract situation is like, actually. But, well, know, he's got he's a year left, Marley. He's got one year left. So, Everton, right, so what they still say... still get a fee for him. Yeah, they, they say they're only going to entertain credible offers for him. But, I mean, what yeah. constitutes a credible offer in this modern market that we see at the moment? Well, a, a lot more when you got him for free a year ago. Um, <laughs> you know, if you can get 15, 20 million pounds for him... You know, or even a, I don't know, just anything really, because you you know you 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 don't rely on him, you don't sort of need him because Rafa Benitez has never, has has never used him so far. He, he never, I think Rafa's went in there with his head screwed on and and thought, um, I'm probably not going to have this guy, so I'm not going to plan with him as part of my team. I'm going to sign Andros Townsend and Damari Gray who played at the weekend and Takure and Iwobi all played at the weekend. So there's plenty of options there for him. Obviously, they're not quite as good as James Rodriguez at his best, but it's not as if you're taking a huge part of that Everton team away. So all in all, if you can get some cash for him, you know maybe you can get someone in towards the end of the window that you might not be able to get before. Um, so I think just let him go. You know, you never you never loved him enough to hate him when he leaves. So fair enough. Yeah, I mean, in terms of how he's got on. Would you consider him a success at Everton, Ian, taking into consideration everything Marley's just said about the injury and them also performing to a reasonable level when he wasn't in the team? Underwhelming, 
I think I think he started well. I think there was a lot of excitement about him at the start, and I think at the start of last season, you know, he was he was delivering and making a difference. And I think everybody was, you know, uh, thinking, oh yeah, you know, this is good. And and then of course he, he disappeared off the scene, and Everton kind of carried on in the same vein as they had been going. And as you say, it wasn't like they were missing this star player that he came back and all of a sudden Everton were world beaters. It didn't really, you know, I was surprised in the second half of the season when he was playing that how anonymous he kind of was, really. Um, maybe the fact that he didn't want to be there, maybe he knew that uh, Ancelotti was going to be on the move and just wasn't really that bothered. But, you know, it started well. But yeah, no. After that, I, I was because I remember watching an Everton game, thinking, "Is that is James Rodriguez actually playing in this?" And and because I sure he was, and I had to look up the team thing on my phone. It's like, yeah, he's on the pitch, and he's just, <laughs> you know, that's how anonymous he was, and and yeah, disappointing, hit and miss, I think really, and uh, yeah, don't think he was really feeling the whole uh, Scouse vibe. I tell you what, Ian, he's going to end up one of those players on a Twitter thread in a couple of years' time. I forgot he played for those. And it yeah. will be a picture of Hamas yeah. in an Everton shirt and everyone will go, what? When did he play for them? A bit like Edgar Davids playing for Spurs. <laughs> he's going well, like, to you know, be one like, of those. <laughs> a bit like Lukaku. You know, same team. Uh, you know, I remember watching, I remember going to watch Everton ver- Sunderland versus Everton. It was uh, the last match of the season. It was that match where Sunderland had to win to, to guarantee that they didn't get relegated. It was the Big Sam where Big Sam was walking around with his shirt off. It was that one. And uh, I was right behind the goal. And I've never seen a, a more disinterested footballer than Romelu Lukaku that night he was not down with being on a you know a fairly windy and they're always windy days at uh, at the stadium of light even when it's not windy it's always blowing a gale in there and (laughs) he was just he he was just walking around with his hands on his hips he just was not bothered um and and same sort of thing with uh, with Rodriguez I I don't understand what you know I'm sure the the two episodes are are not linked but um but yeah seems to be an Everton thing and and maybe when they get in their new stadium and I don't know sort of take themselves up a notch on that front maybe the excitement will will increase perhaps I just don't know it's it is an, it is a it is a thing I've got a cracker for that one um for the whole forgot he played for them and it's Stephen Ireland playing for Newcastle <laughs> I didn't even know that he did <laughs> exactly neither did I I seen it on one of the threads once and I because I'm such a geek on football like nothing ever surprised me like I'm like yeah I can remember that remember that remember that. And then it was like Ireland at Newcastle, and I genuinely was racking my brain as to when the hell he ever came to England to uh, to the northeast. And yeah, there's there's pictures of it and everything. I think he played two games and went on back on loan from uh, either Man City or Villa. I think. <laughs> I, I love that. Uh, I definitely think Hamas is going to join that list of players who graced the Premier League for a short space of time that everyone seems to forget it happened. Um, and maybe you could level the same thing at Moyes Keane, the young Italian who is a forward for Everton, is also looking likely to leave. After on his social media, his Instagram to be precise, he has deleted all photos and all references to the fact that he plays or ever did play for Everton Football Club. Now, again, I don't like to read too much into social media because it is such a minefield when it comes to trying to figure out what happens next, particularly when it comes to transfers. But it does look like Moise Keane is setting himself up for a new chapter. I think he left a couple of quotes on his Instagram page as well saying, back soon. And, uh, and you know, I know there's nothing to be read into that, but certainly a lot of people do kind of, you know, get their excitement levels raised when they see stuff like that. 
Has he been a success also, Marley, or is he in a similar bracket to James Rodriguez? Because, of course, he arrived with a, I think, £37 million price tag from Juventus as a very raw young talent. Didn't have a great first season. I think scored maybe one or two goals tops. And then he went out on loan a couple of times as well. So in terms of his time at Everton, if he is to move on, would you consider that as a success or a a bit of a flop? (laughs) I don't know how how anybody could ever... um... Class that as a as a success at Everton. He was I'm only here to ask comp- the questions. <laughs> I was going to say, I know, I know you've got a job to do. That is that's a spin and a half. Um, yeah, it's no, it, it it probably goes down as one of the biggest wastes of money um, in Premier League history. If I'm honest, because I mean he scored two goals for Everton, both in the League Cup, so basically they don't really count. Um, and then you've got. And somehow he ended up at PSG, which was fantastic for, for everyone. And you're thinking, oh, he probably won't get a game there. But he played 26 times and got 13 goals in those in those uh, appearances. So I feel like when you go on, you go to PSG like that, you know, and, and you do all right, it's really hard to come back to Everton because you've played with, you know, it's just, a, it's an entirely different league of club, not like literally and, you know, um, Quality-wise, you know, you've you're going to training every day, and you're playing, you know, last season with Kilo Navas and you know Neymar and Bappe, Di Maria, and then you come back and you're playing with you know Alex Iwobi and Tom Davis. <laughs> it's not it's not quite the same. So you sort of, you do feel for him a little bit, but also you need to be professional with this. You need to prove that you're good enough to play for PSG or get another move in the future because they're they're making mad moves in the in the market with obviously what they've done this summer in signing Messi. Um they've still got Icardi as a backup striker and he's one of the best Argentinian forwards in the world. Um so it's not like you there's an obvious gap there that you, your club sort of tying you and holding you back from. So for me, you know, for me I, I would use that really good season at PSG to come back and have another crack at the Premier League. But it's another case of another player just not caring about Everton but signing for them because they were chucking money at them. And this is this is the problem that Everton have had for a couple of years. It's coming back to bite them a couple of times and it's sort of proof that you can't just chuck money at everybody and they'll be happy forever because at some point it will go sour. Well, well, let's not kid ourselves here. The reason Carlo Ancelotti took the Everton job was because he was being one of the most well-renumerated managers on the planet. You know, he was had one of the biggest managerial wages on earth of any club um, as the manager of Everton. That was the tempter to bring him to Goodison Park. But he's undoubtedly a good player, Moise Keane. You don't play for Juventus as a teenager and you don't get loaned to PSG and score goals in that attack if you're not a good player. So in terms of a return to the Premier League, is it the fact that simply is he not ready to play in the Premier League? Are Everton not good enough aside to give him the chances he needs? Is there too much pressure? I mean, what what is it? Why hasn't he been a success in the Premier League? Because if he's good enough to score goals for Juventus and for Paris, then surely he can do it for Everton. It's a confusing one, though, isn't it? You know, when if you've got if you've got a player on your books that's been at PSG and scored you know seventeen goals last season. Uh, admittedly and obviously a very good team but it shows that he can actually score a goal against other footballers uh, you'd think he'd be worth a shot considering his value 
and and all that kind of stuff. And I know that he's only played. I mean, he, he played more in the previous season, didn't he? For for Everton, he only played twice last last season and and didn't do anything. And but that said, when he played for Everton the first time, I'm looking in that if he paid thirty odd million or whatever for him, he's actually had thirteen shots on target um, in his in his entire his entire Everton career. So you know, not brilliant, but. He must have something. I don't understand why they're letting him go out on loan. He's blatantly going back there, um, or certainly hoping he's going to go back there, unless it's like one of those situations where you know where we have the uh, what was the what was the player that turned up at the uh, the training ground? Oh, Peter Odenwingi. Peter Odenwingi <laughs> yeah. turning up there <laughs> with his uh, with his with his kit and everything ready to play. Uh, so <laughs> and, he invited himself to uh, the training ground. <laughs> just turned up, didn't he, and said, "Right, you know, I'm here now." Are you going to do about it? You're going to sign as if they were going to say, "Well, you might as well sign you on a contract now." Here you go, son. Put your boots on. Um. <laughs> Funny story. I once met Peter Odomwingi eating meatballs and gravy in IKEA in Cardiff. That's it. Just a little aside. There's Rock no. There's nothing else to add. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's probably the best thing you can get from IKEA. I would say <laughs> the only thing you don't have to assemble yourself. But he definitely wasn't buying flat pack furniture for a new house in uh, in Shepherd's Bush because he didn't get that move to QPR in the end. Um, where does that leave Everton's squad though, Ian? If both Hamis and Moyes Keane leave, obviously that's a blow to them in terms of quality because they're two of Everton's better players, all things considered. But actually, in terms of the game time they've had and they haven't played that much, both of them have either been injured or out on loan. It feels like Rafa will be able to cope if they do both leave. Well, I think Rafa, Rafa is um, is used to be able to cope. You know, at Newcastle, we know the situation there with transfers and stuff, and they weren't exactly forthcoming. And and he worked with that team, and I think he can get a tune out of most teams. This is where the having a a strong manager comes in. You know, if you, it doesn't matter what players you've got, if you're a good manager, you'll probably. I mean, they're, they're not bad players, are they? They're all they're all pretty decent footballers at Everton, mm. um, and I'm, I'm sure that he can he can get them going in some form or another. And certainly good enough. I'd probably be concerned if I was Marley and and, and thinking that uh, Rafa might be having a rummage through the bargain bucket at Newcastle uh, in in some form. You know that you know that House <laughs> of Fraser's shutting down. Uh, Mike Ashley mm-hmm. must be uh, must be looking to uh, to to perhaps um, maybe make a few savings there as well um, at, uh, at Newcastle. Um, are there any players that that you wouldn't want? see leave there um, if, you know we've seen what we're, what like Ancelotti's uh, you can have Jeff Hendrick for 25 million well there you likes. go you know, that's one thing as much as that is a possibility I don't see any world in which Rafa <laughs> is shopping at Newcastle for any players <laughs> at Everton unfortunately or at House of Fraser for that matter because he hasn't changed his look for about 20 years <laughs> <laughs> there's the rumour that he wants uh, St Maximan but I mean, in two weeks you're gonna to have to raise like forty million or something if you want him. Because I reckon uh, there's no way we'd sell him on the cheap if we if, if we didn't have to. So yeah, I doubt, doubt you're gonna get that. For, uh, for I definitely agree with that, Marley. And we will be talking about Newcastle a little bit later on in Football Social Daily. But we're gonna have a quick break now because it's time to buckle up and talk about Harry Kane, Manchester City, and Spurs once again. That saga continues to rumble on. Fear not, only 13 days left of the transfer window and we'll soon find our answer. Catch you after this. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Football Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk. 
Welcome back to the podcast. This is Football Social Daily from Sports Social. My name's Niall, Ian Brannan, Marley Anderson with me. And once again, it's time to talk about Harry Kane. It seems like every day on Football Social Daily, we have got an update on the Manchester City, Harry Kane, Tottenham Hotspur transfer saga. It's rumbled on for, for months since probably before the Euros. And here we are, mid-August, a few days left until the end of the window, and we still don't have our answer. Overnight, City have allegedly lodged a £125 million bid. I don't know if that's concrete, but that's certainly what some of the reports are suggesting from the papers. But Tottenham chairman Daniel Levy is not engaging. Effectively, he's not even picking up the phone, Marley, to answer Manchester City's calls. And Harry Kane is supposedly furious. That's what the Daily Mail say. We knew Daniel Levy was stubborn, but £125 million pounds bid and he's not even picking up the phone is that a level of stubbornness that even surprises us um i'm not i'm not entirely sure i'm surprised about a lot of things that that levy does and a lot of tactics he sort of employs but i just i don't know how this situation is going to play out i think it's obvious the player wants to leave still as far as we know it's obvious that city want to buy him it's obvious that there's a deal there to be done but it's Levy just digging his heels in. Um, I don't for a minute think that he's not tempted by the money to spend it. Um, you know, 125 million quid, if that's if that's true as to what it is, then it's a lot of money, obviously. So, you know, could you get four players with that? Yeah, probably, definitely. Um, maybe even five. But I just, I just don't know how, what it's going to take. Like... Is there that much difference really between 125 and 150? I know it's 25 million, but you know, if you're bringing in four players for 125 million, a fifth one for another 25 million is not, you know, did d- Spurs need five five players? They've done all right business in this summer. Brian Gill coming in, Romero coming in, you know, Galini as a backup goalkeeper. Um, the the squad is is relatively sort of done so are they going to go out and spend over a you know over 80 million on another on another striker to replace him because you're asking a lot this summer so are you saying that daniel levy's going to pocket 125 mil or maybe even more if kane leaves i don't know i honestly don't know what his what his plan is because you know at some point you i think you have to go thank you and we'll take the money because you know, you're keeping him there, he's unhappy, and I do feel a bit sorry for him, because he's given them, you know, endless sort of uh, effort and professionalism over his years, and, it, it, you know, it's all got too much for him at the end, you know, he's, he's saying, right, that's that's enough, we, I, I stayed after the Champions League final, tried to, to go ahead and win things, and win cups, and, and challenge for leagues, and it just hasn't happened, so I just think it's fair. I can understand why he's furious, which is the word that the Daily Mail uses. And people will say, well, he shouldn't have signed the new contract. And, you know, you could go down that route and say, yeah, he shouldn't have signed the new deal because he ties himself into Tottenham for a long period of time. But can you imagine when those discussions were going on behind the scenes? It would have been, if you sign this new deal, you get a bumper pay rise. And also, if the club does come in for you, we can get maximum cash out of your transfer, which is obviously the discussion that would have happened behind the scenes. Well, it's exactly the same as Grealish, isn't it? It's exactly the same, except Christian Perslow said said to Grealish, OK, we, we hear you. 
if somebody comes in, you can leave. And I don't see any difference between that and Kane, except the fact that Perslow went, yep, you know, we've not held up our end of the deal by getting into the Champions League. Um, And Levy's went, nah, I didn't say that. You know what I mean? It's just, he's went backwards on his word. And Christian Perslow at Aston Villa went, yep, thank you for the money. Thank you for signing the contract. Thank you for the £100 million. We're going to sign Ings, Bailey and Buendia. Thank you very much, Jack, on your way. And you'll probably come back in five years anyway, when he's, well, six, seven years, whenever he's, you know, on the move from Manchester City, probably. So why couldn't it have been the same for Kane? It, it could, is my is my sort of take on it. OK, well, here's the curveball that comes into this story, Ian. Cristiano Ronaldo has supposedly been offered to Manchester City as an option if they don't end up signing Harry Kane. Now, if that isn't enough to spin your head 360 in the first place, the fact that he's a Manchester United legend, won the Ballon d'Or in his time at Old Trafford, won the Champions League, multiple Premier Leagues, golden boots. Surely Cristiano Ronaldo, as revered as he is still at Old Trafford, they still chant his name in the stands. There's no way he'll return to Manchester City. Is there? Well, you know, it's a crazy world we live in. Uh, never say never. Um, I wonder who would be more annoyed about that. Would the would the would the Man City fans reject him more than the Man United fans would be shocked and uh, disappointed in the conduct of uh, one of their great uh, legends? But it's a long time since he played for Man United. It's a long time. Money talks. That's the other thing, uh, as we've seen with the you know with the likes of Messi and so on. I don't know. It it seems to me like, you know, um, opportunist agents again. Do you know what I mean? Spotting an opportunity and saying, well, you know, there's a club that could afford him uh, and and uh, and all uh, all that kind of thing. I really don't see that. I mean, I, I know that he's not, uh, his contract negotiations are also not going uh, or uh, indeed um, stalled at uh, Juventus, haven't they? Because mm. they're stuck for cash as well. Um, he has put something on his Instagram, though, running theme throughout this story, <laughs> suggesting that um, he's sick of all the people talking about his future. And, you know, he's always been um, actions okay. over words, if that makes sense, to, to kind of paraphrase what he said. Right. And uh, in the background were there uh, Bernard Manning videos at his uh, club on Main Road, uh, perhaps getting him in the uh, in the groove. Who knows? Um, I don't really think... I mean, surely Cristiano Ronaldo himself knows the situation between Man City and Man United. And uh, and if he did go down that route, what a, you know, what a bigger bigger talking point it would be, the fact that he's joined that, that club than it ordinarily would be, regardless of where he went in the Premier League. Um, I know that our next question was, was going to be, is Ronaldo's time in the Premier League done? Um you see, I think I've previously mentioned this. I, I always fancied that he would go back to Man United for like one last hurrah, you know, like his, his sort of farewell season or, or whatever. So from that reason, I, I can't really get my head around the fact that he would go to, to Man City of his own choosing. Uh, and, and we're not in the slave trade, so he's not going to get forced to go anywhere where he doesn't want to go. Um, sh- yeah, surely it won't happen. I think it's talk. And probably we see this a few times, certainly like Real Madrid are well known for doing it. And sometimes it's not you can never really get a full gauge of what Real Madrid's intentions are when it's when they're offering players out. They've done it before. And then it's all kind of a thing through the agent to to drive up the contracts negotiations elsewhere. Um, You know, because if you've got other people interested in you, then you're in more of an auction situation, aren't you? 
Um, whereas if you only got one buyer, it's kind of you, you've not got much. Um, you're not going many bargaining chips. So I, I, I just I do think it's it's that to be honest. Mm. Um, I might be wrong. Usually am. Cristiano Ronaldo is like the McLaren F1, and I'm not a huge fan of cars, but you know, at the time when it came out, fastest car in the world, unbelievable, and it's still a very good car now. But it's been surpassed by some players, and I feel similar about Cristiano Ronaldo. I still think he's an unbelievable player at 36. He's still a specimen, and plenty of years ahead of him, I'm sure. But what about you, Marley? Do you think, in terms of a Premier League career again uh, the second time of asking do you think that that is probably a step too far for him or do you think it's a possibility well coming back to the Premier League yeah not specifically with Manchester City which I think is just no chance that's going to happen and City fans wouldn't want him because of his associations with United I don't think he would tarnish that legacy with United by going there in terms of returning to the Premier League I just can't see a world in which that happens but do you think he's capable if it did ever happen yeah, I yeah, definitely think he's capable. Um, I'm probably in the same boat as you. I can't see him coming back sort of in the near future. I, I think these links this sort of week are, are very uh, paper, sort of column-inch filling heavy. Um, but I, I could see him coming back in the future and I'd back him to do well. I, I think Ronaldo's going to play until he's at least 40. I think people need to, um, to realise that 36 is not that old when you're built like him. I think he's proved that he's getting better. Well, maybe not getting better, but certainly not dipping massively when he's into his mid-30s, late-30s. So, I mean, this guy's a physical freak. He, he doesn't drink. He's never he's never out the gym. He's got insane stamina. He's, he can jump higher than a frigging gazelle. I don't know. He's got everything. Like he, he's, he's more than capable of... of playing longer and longer I think he, I think he could play till he's 42 43 and still be very very um you know very sort of handy everywhere so I feel I feel like Juventus wouldn't you know there's, there's rumors of Juventus not being you know being sort of prepared to maybe let him go I think if he was 28 they'd never be letting him go do you know what I mean but they're, they're thinking he's bound to get worse one day and we we, we don't want to be the team who's holding him when he's getting worse. And I don't think he's getting worse. He's, he's been your top scorer tw- two seasons out of two that he's been there. He makes you a better team. He makes you a bigger threat. He gives you more marketing and all the, all the off-the-field stuff as well, um, all the brand Ronaldo stuff. So, you know, it's um, it's weird that he's being linked with a, with an exit. But, you know, if he does leave and he did come to the Premier League, I'd certainly fancy him to score against a back three of Kieran Clark, Federico Fernandez, and Paul Dummett. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? I still think he could do a job. And let's not forget, um, you know, Juventus kept Gianluigi Buffon on for many a year. And I know it's different for goalkeepers, but, you know, he was there till touching 40 as well. Went to Paris and then did he come back to Juventus again after that? So I think in terms of a league in which you are able to play until slightly older, I think the Italian league of all of the top five divisions probably you know, lends itself to that way of thinking more than the others. So that's it on the Manchester City Harry Kane update. I'm not sure anything's really changed apart from the fact Cristiano Ronaldo's name has been thrown into the mix, perhaps to spice things up a bit, but allegedly £125 million on the table, but Daniel Levy isn't even picking up the phone. I'm sure we'll have more to discuss on this story later on throughout the week and indeed between now and the end of the transfer window, but we're going to have another quick break and afterwards we'll be talking about Tammy Abraham's departure from Chelsea to Roma and Arsenal possibly signing a Real Madrid player. 
Football's Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk. Football's Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Welcome back. This is Football Social Daily from Sport Social, your daily Premier League podcast. Seven days a week, a brand new episode covering all things to do with the English top flight. So if you hit subscribe, no matter how you listen to your podcasts, that way every time a new episode is released, you won't ever miss one. Transfer gossip has been the top talking points on today's podcast and that continues now because Tammy Abraham joined Roma from Chelsea yesterday. The Chelsea Academy graduate has linked up with Jose Mourinho over in Serie A. But allegedly, Arsenal, Tottenham, Aston Villa, Crystal Palace and West Ham all made approaches to the Blues about possibly taking Tammy Abraham to their clubs. So then, Ian, with that in mind, the fact that he had one, two, three, four, five Premier League clubs after him when his exit from Chelsea was being talked up, why did he choose Roma over all those teams, do you think? Let me just get out my guide to the world and look at the various comparisons between the cities. Uh, You have Rome, uh, a feast of fountains, beautiful public squares, some of the finest eateries in the world, fine wines, sunshine, and um, as was described to me when I went to Rome once, a man behind uh, the counter of the uh, hotel I was staying at came out from behind him and pointed at the map and he said, this, this is Rome, it is wonderful here, Fine wine. Here, uh, great pizza. I don't Here. know. I don't know when Rome became the capital of France, but fair enough. <laughs> yeah, but it might. It might have been sort of Franco-Italian. Here, this is like by the Vatican. Here, girls. You like girls? <laughs> right. So that maybe that might have been the presentation. Uh, who knows? Uh, but you look at the other places. We're the best one in the world. Do you want to go to North or South London? Don't want to go south of the river at this time of night, mate? No way. Um, yeah, I think I'd choose Rome as well, to be quite honest. I mean, why? why Roma, Roma are a, a massively, hugely supported club in the centre of Rome. And there's Lazio as well, but that's sort of a bit more the outskirts, I think. But if, you're, if you are a Roman and uh, you, you live in the, the centre... I, I was at, in Rome um, the weekend that they won... Um, I think it was they, they won the, um, the Serie A, I think. Uh, the whole place was absolutely nuts. Um, it, it, they're a hugely, hugely passionately supported club. Um, and as I say, if you want to further your um, further your horizons and go somewhere different, why wouldn't you? I think Tammy Abraham's probably with the best one in the world, going to have plenty of chances to play in London uh, over his career. And um, yeah, uh, and, and good for him. And obviously, there's the Mourinho link, um, which we, you know, I think that's the main thing. Yeah, isn't is it? that the um, clincher? Because yeah, you've got a is, choice to play for Arteta, Nuno Santo, Dean Smith, Patrick Vieira or David Moyes. And then Jose yeah. Mourinho says, actually, you can come and play for me. I think if I was a player, I'd know who I'd be picking. And he knows Mourinho from from the past anyway, doesn't he? So it's, it's one of them things, you know, like we were saying with Ancelotti. You know, you, you, it doesn't matter whether you're a football manager or you're a manager of a widget factory. You know, if you move around from place to place and you've got people that you know can do the job and want to come work for you, um, then why wouldn't you deal with people that you know? And, um, you know, that's, that's just the same in football. It's not different. Um, Mourinho knows him. Uh, he knows Mourinho. And, um, yeah, you know it's 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 a, it's a different adventure and um 
I think it'd be nice for Mourinho to have some players around that, you know, obviously he knows plenty of the players at, at Roma already, but when you're a manager like that, you probably know everybody, don't you? But I think it'd be nice to have a familiar face around and, and all that kind of thing. And uh, I think good for him, you know, go and get this experience because it is different playing in different countries. We've seen, mm. you know, players... Well, Chris Smalling's we- gone over to Roma from Manchester United a couple of years ago and he loves it there. Yeah, and and I, I, I've I've been to Rome, um, you know, for a, only for a limited amount of time, and not to play football. Um, but I found it quite a pleasant city. And I know last week I was uh, I was um, slagging off uh, Paris and uh, how dirty and horrible it was. <laughs> and I, I, I don't say that about Roma. Uh, Ro- Rome uh, is a is a nice, you know, for me at least, seemed to be a nice friendly city um i got horrifically drunk on red wine on the spanish steps and uh that's where the story should end <laughs> and that's exactly why tammy abraham should further his career in roma okay. let's just say when we found the when we found the english bar it got even more english when oh, i arrived oh gosh okay well i think we'll definitely leave it there um yeah. tammy abraham obviously um has got a chance to achieve something with roma they haven't won Serie A for 20 years Similar to Spurs, they've been many a year without uh, a trophy. The last time they won the Coppa Italia was in 2008. So they are um, going through a fallow patch in terms of silverware. But so are Arsenal, I guess you could say. Spurs, Villa, Palace, West Ham. In terms of what is the biggest chance for success, probably Roma out of the group of clubs that we've mentioned there. Are Roma in the Champions League as well? No, they're not. They're they're not not even in the Europa League. So, you know, there's work to be done there for Jose Mourinho. I think they've got I think of those clubs Roma have probably got the best chance of getting somewhere um in the next couple of years you know of winning a league or getting in the Champions League or something like that of those clubs because best one in the world Palace ain't going to do it are they <laughs> Well you never know you never know um but I would be inclined to agree let's move on now and talk about Arsenal because although they went in for Tammy Abraham they didn't get him it looks like they could be able to secure a deal for Martin Erdegaard the Norwegian 22 year old on a permanent deal from Real Madrid he was on loan at the Emirates last season Marley but he's 22 now I remember when he was 15 in 2013 or whatever it was and he first broke onto the scene getting into the Real Madrid first team, training with the first team and everyone said this is the next wonder kid off the block. But as I say, seven years have elapsed since then, 22 years old. Is it important that he settles somewhere and it looks like that somewhere could be Arsenal? Uh, Yeah, probably. I think at this stage of his career he probably does need a home. Um, I think that's always hard when you go to Real Madrid because... Sooner or later, they, you know, if they loan you out, most players don't come back off that loan and get into the team, um, and and make it make a real go of it. I think they're all Real Madrid are always looking at the next shiny thing from across Europe, and by all sort of accounts, this seems to be Mbappe either this summer or if not this summer next summer. Um, you look at Odegaard; he's been out on loan uh, four times now twice in Holland and then once to Sociedad and then to Arsenal last season. So, you know, he's been at Real Madrid since he was 20, uh, 2015, he, he, he was there. So, you know, you're looking at that thinking, if you haven't made the, the breakthrough by now, if you haven't really been given a chance, you know, is is it going to come for you? Um, do you need to just start afresh and get a new challenge? And I think that's probably the, the best thing for him. Um, Arsenal need... They need players. They need um, players that want to play for them. They need new faces, new ideas, and creativity in midfield. So, I think um, it, it's a good move for him. Um, come and play. Just 
come and play, get your career on track. You're only 22, you know. There's no reason why if you weren't, you know, the best attacking midfielder in the league, Real Madrid might not buy you back in three years' time, you know, if you're that good. So I would, I think it's a good move for everyone. Well, Martin Odegaard is a player who we didn't see a great deal of um, last season at Arsenal, despite the fact he was there on loan. I still feel like he's got a lot to show for himself in terms of what his potential is and what he could possibly achieve in the game. In terms of Arsenal as an option for him, is that a good step for him? Because they're not a small club, Arsenal. He's come from somewhere like Real Madrid, Ian. And I guess under Arteta, if Arteta wants him, then that's a chance for him to show what he can do. And I'm not saying that you can use Arsenal as a stepping stone, but certainly as a a way to blood yourself into senior football on a permanent basis. Arsenal, a big club in the Premier League, isn't the uh, it wouldn't be a, a bad move, I don't think. Yeah, very good move, I think. And look at Real Madrid. He's he was playing in the the Real Madrid sort of second team, really. Um, that's the played fifty eight times for them. Real Madrid, the first team. He's he's not had that many appearances. But I suppose being part of that operation is, um, you know, is, is experience in itself, though, isn't it? You know, being part of, of such a big club. But at the same time, I think it can be limiting, too, because there's so many players around um, that, you know, they're almost like a talent farm in, in some respects. They've got so many players, it's hard to probably make a, an impact. Um, he's been out on loan in various places, um, had some success. He's been in the Dutch league, he's, he's played elsewhere in Spain and then Arsenal last season. Um, and, and you know to get him back, even if it was on loan, um, would would be good for him. Bit of consistency as well, because he's been a different club every year since 2015, by the look of it. Um, so it would be good for a bit of consistency from from his point of view, than than completely you know moving round and changing methods or or whatever it is they do. And you know if he if he nailed it and actually took his place in the team and and did start performing and scoring goals you know you know what it's like at arsenal you can you can become a, a legend you know and, and and really make your name and you know players like bergkamp Henri, all these players we never really heard of them before they arrived at at um uh, at arsenal particularly and we hadn't heard of them but they weren't you know they made their name there and it, it is a, a club that seems to stand by players quite a lot and um and look after them and if you're a you know if you're uh if you're good um the arsenal fans will really take to you so he's he's got his opportunity there to to really make a name for himself um and he say he's young he's 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 got it he's got it all he's playing you, you don't you don't play for real madrid for so many years or be, or be one of their players if if you've if you've not got something and plays for norway as well um so yeah, I think it would be good for him to settle there and get a bit of consistency. And you know, Arsenal are not exactly tripping up over talent at the minute. You know, why can't he go in there and make a name for himself? Well, Arsenal closing in on the capture of Martin Odegaard from Real Madrid, according to the Athletic, who are normally pretty reliable when it comes to their Arsenal news. We're going to finish off today's football social daily by talking about Marley Anderson's beloved Newcastle United. Two loan slots available, you said, on the podcast yesterday, I think, or a couple of days ago, Marley. And according to the latest reports, those two loan spots could be filled by Chelsea's Ethan Ampadu, who's a young defender slash midfield player, and Hamza Chowdhury, who is a central midfield player who plays for Leicester City at the moment. Obviously, both of those, as I say, will be loan deals. If those two came in, would you be happy? I know you've been interested in Chowdhury before as a club, at least it's been reported so in the press. 
Yeah, we've um, with the Chowdhury links basically becoming Newcastle's version of Wesley Schneider to Man United. It's uh, <laughs> it's just always there, and like we're always close to it. And then something happens, and then he gets a few games at Leicester and ends up uh, staying. But I think I don't I don't mind Chowdhury at all. I don't think he's an, an amazing player, but he's certainly aggressive and um, a decent sort of defensive midfielder to play alongside Isaac Hayden if we if we're playing that way. Um, so I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Ampadu, I didn't see too much of him at, at Sheffield United that that made me think he's a quality player. But they mm. were, you know, they were they were struggling all season, weren't they? Uh, Sheffield United. So it's it's it's, it's kind of hard to. <laughs> they were shocking. Yeah, they were shocking. But they still beat us one nil in the seventeenth game of the season, where they they'd gone sixteen <laughs> games without a win. So um, yeah, it's it's hard to sort of spot talent when the team collectively is so poor um, and especially with the defensive injuries Sheffield United had last season as well it's even harder to to sort of judge him when you're sticking him in alongside two guys who weren't first choice either um, but from from that sort of perspective as well he, he's used to playing in a back three um, or black, back five so uh, that's what Newcastle play so he'd probably slot straight in and be an option there Um yeah, so it's it's not the worst move. It's sort of risk free. I don't think he's ever going to get his chance at Chelsea. There's something you know. If you're clever, could you put an obligation or option to buy in there for for a set fee? So if he does do something, you know, very impressive like Willock did, you're not going back and next summer and begging them to to sell sell him to you. You know, you you've sort of got that in paper in writing, saying okay, we'll give you the 15 million we discussed last season, um, something like that. So. If we're clever about it, then then I'm all right with it. Um, so you'd be happy with Chowdhury, but maybe slightly more cautious on Ampadu by the sounds of things. Yeah, well, with with the loan with a, with an option for for uh, Ampadu, then then fine. Um, Chowdhury, I don't think Chowdhury's got that big a transfer value anyway. So um, you'd probably you probably get him whether he performs or whether he doesn't. Um, I'd be I'd, yeah, I'd be all right with the both of them. I think we just need we need players now. Um, we certainly need another centre back. We probably need another another midfielder. Still disappointed that Matt Longstaff's not getting any games, despite being promised them. Um, not because I think he's a, a, an amazing player, just because I don't know what type of, how good he is yet. We've not we've not seen enough of him, um, and he nearly left two years ago. Played four games after finally signing a new contract. Got four games last season under. Uh, Bruce, who gave him a horrendous run over Christmas, with I think we had Leicester, Liverpool, Arsenal, and Man City in those uh, Man United in those four games. He gave him gave him all them games, then just booted him back to the under twenty threes, which made no sense. So I don't know. Obviously, he seems to make his mind up on him. We wouldn't be, wouldn't be getting linked with Chowdhury if Longstaff was going to get any games. So if you you know if you need options, go and go and get them. So. We'll see who comes in. I certainly expect two loans to come in, at least once, probably two. Um, so we'll see if we can get these deals over the line in the next 10 days or so. Indeed, we will. 13 days to go until the closure of the transfer window. But that's it for today's podcast. Thank you very much, Ian. I hope everyone listening in Rome doesn't get some form of PTSD from listening to your story about getting drunk. 
It's me that gets the PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Marley. Hopefully Newcastle might have had some new players through the door by the next time the pot you're on the podcast, which might probably be tomorrow, by the way, things are going this week. <laughs> That's it for today's episode. Make sure you hit subscribe. That way you won't miss any episodes as soon as a new one is out. You'll be notified straight away. But that's it for today and we'll see you again tomorrow. Football's Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk.